Welcome back to Building the Bakken. I'm your host, Jason Spies. In the first part of our feature on Bakken housing, we interviewed Williston native Jeff Zarling. Zarling is president of Dawa Solutions Group, which acts as a consultant to the Bakken. He speaks at many conferences across the United States as well as hosts them and also gives tours. For more information on Zarling or to hear the interview in its entirety, visit our website, www.buildingthebakken.com. In part two of our feature on Bakken housing, we interview Nancy Hoder. She's a research professor at North Dakota State University. She and research scientist Dean Bankson have been studying the Bakken since 2011. Her insight will give us an idea exactly what's going into projecting the housing within the Bakken. Also, Joe D'Amico, he moved to Western North Dakota 10 years ago from Brooklyn. Joe compares housing prices back home and what his views and observations are since moving to North Dakota. How long have you been in the Bakken? Uh, I've been up here about 10 years now. And it's, I moved up here originally from Brooklyn, so coming from a big city to get out of it, and then 10 years later, it seems like I'm gonna wind up right back in it because there's such an influx of you know, people from all over the country coming up here, so. People often will compare the housing prices in the Bakken to housing prices in New York City or Huntington Beach, California. Uh, your your observations, your comments on that well, statement. I, I can attest to that because I got family up, <laughs> up in New York and Manhattan and Brooklyn and actually some of them are paying less than uh, apartments out here. I mean, my cousin's living in a two-bedroom apartment uh, on Long Island and he's paying 1300 a month, I think you said, compared to the 1800 or $2,000 a month you're paying here. What, what are some things of North Dakota that you've come to love as someone or enjoy someone from being from uh, Brooklyn, New York? Uh, just a, I don't know, a little bit more friendly out here, that's for sure. Um, not some, so much high pace, go, 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 kind of more laid back, you know, compared to the city life. That, that's what I like the best of it. In our next interview, we sit down with Nancy Hoder, research professor at North Dakota State University. She's been speaking at conferences regarding housing and the economy within the Bakken. Her colleague, Dean Bankson, a research scientist at NDSU, have been studying the Bakken since 2011. Here's what she had to say about housing in Western North Dakota. Uh, Nancy Hoder, assistant research professor, Department of Agribusiness and Applied Economics, PhD. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. What is it you're doing with the uh, Bakken? Well, my my colleague, I think you'll be talking to uh, in a few minutes, and I have done quite a bit of work in the course of the last year examining, examining multiple issues related to growth and expansion in the oil and gas industry and the effects that it's having on uh, communities in the region. Uh, We got our start in all of this when the city of Williston, I'm sorry, pardon me, the city of Dickinson approached us and asked us to help them with some population projections. They wanted to do some strategic planning and part of that exercise is having some sort of estimates of how many people uh, are in their community and how many people are likely going to be there in their community in the near future so they can plan for the appropriate infrastructure and services and, and all of those things. And with the with the rapid uh, expansion in the oil and gas industry, the traditional you know population cohort models didn't work. So uh, we got involved and uh, so we started by building some new models to try and make some estimates of how the expansion in the oil and gas industry is going to translate to uh, 
uh, an increase in the demand for housing and for population. And from there, it kind of just grew to the point where we've developed a, a basin-wide employment model and have done population projections for the city of Dickinson, the city of Williston. We've done some work for the Transmission Authority. Uh, we've done work for school districts through the uh, Association of Oil and Gas Producing Counties. So we've kind of got our fingers into numerous things. What type of trends do you look for to come to your conclusion on population increase or housing whatever it might be. Well, one of the first things we had to do is the biggest challenge was recognize that the oil and gas industry uh, workforce has got some unique characteristics. And that is, is that you've got a portion of that workforce that's living, in, living someplace else and working in North Dakota. Okay, your traditional cohort models, your census population is not going to count those folks. But those folks are still in our communities. They still need housing. They still need goods and services. Uh, they're still using water. They need housing. So the first thing we had to do was figure out, okay, how are we going to how are we going to figure out how many noses are in town? So essentially, we had to create a new population metric, and and we call it a service population. Service population is made up of that normal resident population. Those are your residents. They work here, live here, vote here, kids go to school. Then you've got another portion that I guess we call it temporary for lack of a better term and, and there may be shift workers or folks that uh, uh, you know live elsewhere and work here maybe there's a pipeline uh, welder uh, the pipeline welder follows the, the welding jobs it's a transient workforce so uh, the communities needed to know more than just how many residents they had by definition as the census defined it they need to know how much what's our service population and and how long are they going to be here and and what what do we need to do to plan to accommodate for this this uh, this workforce if you have a population conclusion of say 30,000 whatever it might be is that people with a roof over their head, or are some of these these temporary man camp? That was included. Our basic formula for figuring out what our service population was, and we did this for Dickinson and Williston, uh, and is that we started with the census population as a baseline. Uh, and again, we've got two models, so I'll, I'll talk about the, the, the one model first. We started with the census population as the baseline. Uh, from there, we went directly to the city and said, okay, let's figure out how many housing units have been built since 2010. And we used that 2010 cutoff because you assume that the census captures housing that was built to that point. After that, those new housing units aren't there. So basically, we did an inventory how many housing units have been built since 2010. Then we did an inventory, and this probably wasn't as big a number in Dickinson. It was a really big number in Williston, where we did an inventory of how many units you have permitted with conditional use permits. How many people do you have living behind the shop at the diesel place? Uh, how many people you got in crew camps? How many people are living in RVs, hotels, all that non-traditional housing? We made it. It became that detailed. It, that detailed. It, we did an inventory in both Dickinson and Williston uh, for all, for as much as that non-traditional thing as we could possibly capture. I mean, some of it we couldn't get. You know, we're not going to be able to to figure out if uh, Aunt Eileen's got someone boarding, uh, uh, renting a room in her basement. We can't do that. But yeah, we tried to to, to capture as much of that non-traditional housing as we possibly could, uh, and that we summed that up for our uh, 2012 service population. And and then we did an inventory of all the housing that, that's been approved and platted, that's come through the Planning and Zoning Commission, and, and uh, figured out how many housing units that is. And if that's built, and we put people in it, what's that, what's that service population, or what's that population look like five years out into the future? So it's a fairly simple concept in principle, but the devil's in the details and collecting all of those pieces of data and all of those pieces of information from multiple sources 
uh, and putting it all together. So the good news is, at the end of the day, you get a very reliable estimate of, of how many noses are, are, in the ground, are on the ground and in, in a jurisdiction. How, how did you tackle the tricky person, worker, that, uh, uh, let me start from the beginning on this here. Council member Joe Frenzel from Dickinson, and I'm trying to think of, is it Mayor Ward or Mayor Kurt Zimbelman? I can't remember which one, said in order to build, you gotta bring your own contractors, your own subcontractors, because a lot of the local ones are booked out a year, whatever it is. And uh, Savannah Suites out of Georgia, they brought in workers from Colorado, Nebraska, uh, Atlanta, and they were temporary RVs for six months, eight months. Uh, were those included in there and or not included at all because they're going to be gone? To the best of our ability, we tried to include that in there. I mean, in, in, at the time in Dickinson, there weren't a lot of those temporary construction camps up, and we were pretty well able to, to, to do an inventory of them uh, just based on local expertise. Uh, in Williston, they had a little bit better handle on that because they issued conditional use permits for those. And uh, Bans in some places, too, RV bans within some In some places, bans, too, yeah. Obviously, we're we're not going to catch it all. Right. There's, you know, but we did the best we could to try and capture what we could. You know, but short it did of, get down to that detail. Yeah. Even. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. This is the type of information that uh, entrepreneurs, CEOs, investors need. Isn't that correct? Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I think it's as good a data and information that's out there in a very dynamic situation. Uh, of course, it's the, the, the findings, of course, are, are based upon some assumptions and we have to, you have to understand what those, what those are. And of course, there's always limitations with, with whatever research that you have, but it's a starting point and it gives you a, a range. And, uh, um, and, and then you've got something to work with as opposed to nothing. And, and from there, you can continue to refine your models, add information, and hopefully as you go on, your estimates and, and your projections get better and better and better. And that was Nancy Hodor, research professor at North Dakota State University. Various organizations and agencies throughout the region have been actively attempting to develop and expand existing programs and policies needed to help residents address the stresses associated with housing in the oil patch. These organizations and agencies are strongly linked to the communities of the Bakken region and include governmental agencies, social service organizations, community and economic development organizations, and the NDSU Extension Service. For more information, visit our website, www.buildingthebakken.com for hyperlinks, biographical information, and full-length interviews. It's time now for our Building the Bakken Boots on the Ground segment. And look who we ran into, but seven-time world arm wrestling champion Alan Bound. In addition to being a world champion with both his left arm and his right arm, Mr. Alan Bound is a truck driver out in the Bakken from time to time, hauling that sweet crude out of the ground. Here's Mr. Alan Bound. Could your car run on that oil right there? The car wouldn't, but I could dump it directly into a diesel burning type application and go right down the road. It would smoke a little bit because it's not refined yet, but I mean it's basically the equivalent of diesel 3 coming right out of the ground. Diesel 1 being highly refined, you know, diesel 2 being good enough for the older engines, and diesel 3 which would still work, but uh, this is nectar of the gods. It doesn't get any better than this. And where are you from? Seattle, Washington. How long have you been in town? Six and a half months. Had a really nice experience working for uh, Missouri Base, formerly Missouri Base and now called MBI Energy as an oil hauler. Want to keep the discussion going? Check out the Billing the Bakken Facebook and Twitter accounts. <laughs> 